Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service Podcasts. Fear, worries, insecurity. Today we will be talking about the effects of the pandemic on people's mental health, especially young people, and look at the recommendations and guidance given by European and international organizations to deal with this silent pandemic. Mens sana in corpore sano, wrote the Roman poet Juvenal. In modern English language, a healthy mind in a healthy body. Few sayings ring as true as this one, especially in current times. But COVID-19 has put citizens' mental health to the test. Yes, it has. No matter where we live, COVID-19 has turned our lives upside down. It has altered daily routines, added financial pressures and led to social isolation. People worried about losing their job, about plans being postponed, getting sick or infecting loved ones, and rumours and misinformation have only added to the confusion, making many feel they are losing control. Dr Natasha Azapardi-Muscat leads the Country Health Policies and Systems Division at the World Health Organization's Europe office. Everybody has been terribly affected, not only because of the disease itself and the fear and anxiety, caused by the disease, but also because of the impact of the public health and social measures, including lockdowns. And I think children and young people have been amongst those groups that have been most adversely affected. As Natasha pointed out, the pandemic has impacted different groups in different ways, and young people have taken the biggest blow. Closed schools, job insecurity combined with prolonged lockdowns at an age where everything exciting happens outside the home, have brought about anxiety, sadness, loneliness and often depression. It's not only years of education that have been lost, but children and adolescents have also been unable to participate in sports, in drama activities, to meet their friends, and they've really lost their social connections. And this has had a huge impact on their development, not only from an educational perspective, but also from an emotional and social perspective. A 2020 study among young US adults concluded that 80% of the participants showed symptoms of depression, while another report from the International Labour Organization found the impact of the pandemic on young people to be systemic, deep and disproportionate. Next to young people, other groups such as health and care workers, people who already suffered from mental health problems and women have been particularly hard hit and inequalities in mental health have also increased. Long shifts and the psychological drain of caring for so many COVID patients, often without the basic medical equipment, have increased stress, anxiety and depression in doctors and nurses. And some of these effects may last for a long time. In the United Kingdom alone, more than 300 healthcare workers tried to take their own lives last year. The pressure of balancing work and family life has also taken a severe toll on women's well-being, especially new mums and working mums with younger kids. But what about the elderly? How have they coped with the psychological effects of the pandemic? Well, contrary to the initial concerns, it seems that the greying population may have coped better with the pandemic's mental health strains than other age groups, even if this is a very general statement. So what kind of mental health guidance have experts provided? Stay with us. Having studied COVID-19 and its mental health effects, the United Nations made three main recommendations – 
to apply a whole-of-society approach to protect mental health, to make sure help is available when needed, and to future-proof mental health services. The World Health Organization's Europe office set up an expert group on the mental health impacts of COVID-19 in our region and is expected to launch a mental health coalition of users, providers, experts and innovators to mobilise investment in mental health. Aware that mental disorders are on the rise worldwide, the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, recommends to scale up mental health support in schools and at the workplace. With risk factors such as financial insecurity, unemployment or grief increasing and protective factors such as social connection or just doing physical exercise decreasing, the pandemic has not only worsened people's mental health to an unprecedented level, but also put additional strain into already overstretched mental health services. So it's time to upgrade them and make them fit for the future. I couldn't agree more. Now, what has the European Union done to protect and promote mental health during the pandemic? Well, although decisions in this field are taken at member state level, the EU helps to collect data, develop policies and disseminate good practices. And it has paid special attention to this problem during the pandemic. In its December 2020 communication addressing the pandemic's impact on mental health, the Commission advised EU countries to communicate clearly on new measures, ensure the availability of psychosocial support and to pay special attention to vulnerable groups. In May 2021, the Commission organised a major online event and published best practices and solutions presented. The EU is also funding research projects to improve understanding of the pandemic's mental, social and economic impact. The wider health impact will be addressed under the new EU4 Health Programme, which seeks to address mental health in schools and at the workplace, while raising awareness across Europe. Stella Kyriakides is the European Commissioner for Health. Our collective and individual mental health has been tested like never before. It is essential to shine a light on the issue, on the problems brought to the fore by the pandemic, and of how we need to work together to address them. It is time to bring mental health out of the shadows. The European Parliament recognises mental health as a fundamental human right and calls for a future EU action plan on mental health. Members have also called on the Commission to put mental health at the heart of EU policymaking. Dolores Montserrat co-chairs the Health Working Group within the European Parliament. The Next Generation Funds and the European Union for Health programme are a groundbreaking opportunity for member states to invest in mental health protection and treatment programmes and training of professionals. The new Union of Health we are building in the Parliament will have a mental health pillar to address this challenge with new action plans and policies covering all sectors, from an integrated health, economic and social perspective for guaranteeing mental health to all the European citizens. To Natasha Azopardi-Muscat from the WHO, this is an opportunity to bring mental health to the forefront. We really need to make sure that mental health is at the core of the recovery agenda. Want to know more about this topic? Look for Nicole Schultz's briefing on the EPRS website. This is a European Parliamentary Research Service podcast. Thanks for listening.